Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Independence Day. In the year 2016, the UK had its Independence Day, and America gained a true action hero president. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's a raw one for folks, isn't it? <laughs> and, and how did that all turn out? Wonderfully. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> hey, this is Matt. <laughs> this is Luke. And you have entered our... Sci-fi sanctuary. Oh, you got the whole thing in. That's cool. Yeah, I, I find it weird when we do one of us says sci-fi and the other one says sanctuary. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit lame, but I don't know <laughs> if, if it flows. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about um, a film I believe that you get into, what, once a year? I watch it every Independence Day. Right. And you're British. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is Independence Day from not, not 2016, but 20 years earlier when the world was all squeaky clean and 90s friends Terror Styles. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But um, because you love this movie so much, I had to bring in someone who, at least in my sphere of reality, uh, notoriously hates this movie. Um, he just did a film for uh, doing Frankenstein with Quarantstein. I think he was burying himself or digging up himself or something. And uh, does the Buried Alive Film Festival in Atlanta, Georgia. This is uh, Mark Malik, a, a fellow I've known for far too long. Hello. Hi. <laughs> big sanctuary you got here. Yeah, yeah. Tremendously big sanctuary. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know where I put my coat. We have the biggest sanctuaries. You've never seen such, such big sanctuaries as our sanctuary. They're tremendous. Uh, the biggest sanctuaries. <laughs> and so, Mexico such a huge orange <laughs> Sometimes it's a huge are. orange sanctuary. <laughs> Our big rock face. I mean, we, we, we record on top of mountains, man. That's that's the sky sanctuary, man. No one can own the sky. Where not today yet. we're recording in my apartment, which is not a big sanctuary. I just got a lot of posters. <laughs> They're just the ones I get free from the cinema. <laughs> I'm, I'm recording in my band room, which has one and two thirds drum sets and just a ton of unfinished projects. Hey, some of that must be my old Jonathan Old's drum set, yeah? Nope. No? I sold that. Oh, Sorry. that's I don't I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like a I sold drum that set, just <laughs> You can have this two thirds of this one and two thirds. All right. No. You just have to move back to the fascist police state to get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I just I I had an electric drum kit, it was nice, but um, as far as Independence Day, I guess we should get to that. Um, <laughs> I saw this, I don't remember who I saw this with, it was not Mark, I know that, because you have your own story, which we're going to uh, pull out of you in a moment. 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I just went with high school mates or something. I don't quite remember. It was fine when I saw it. You know, that was a big summer tent pole that year. So everybody wanted to see Independence Day on Independence Day. So a lot of people did, and it made a lot of money. So was this film 96 or 94? 96. Right, it's just because they call it ID4. I'm getting confused in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was six. <laughs> so I didn't see this in the theaters. Wait, um, wait, are you sure you weren't four? Actually, I might, have been, I might genuinely have been five. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I remember it being like the film that year. And I remember seeing it on tape shortly after it had been in theaters. Um, and as a kid, I guess I saw it once or twice. I think I had an f- action figure of one of the aliens. Uh, which my granddad bought me to make me feel better when I accidentally dropped my Power Ranger down the drain. <laughs> How small is a Power Ranger? Pretty small. Okay. Well, we have, like, big sort of, like, grill drains in the streets in the UK. It's uh, oh, oh that drain. I was thinking of, like, the bathtub drain. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, a tiny action figure out of the capsule from the... What do you call those? I forget the term. Gachapon. Yeah, we were... We were gotcha. We were trying to convince our company last week to buy Gachapon machines. <laughs> Please. Just Joe. <laughs> Everyone else was like, yeah, I guess it's okay. He's like, yeah, we should do it, we should do it, we should do it. Well, it was like my idea and yeah. Joe really liked it. I, oh, I wasn't yeah, really I pushing it. From you. Yeah, it was actually, but yeah, he said it was Matt's idea, but Matt's just kind of sitting there, trying not to fall asleep, actually. Well, like but. you do it every meeting ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, ah, miss meetings. But I guess it was in, like, my teens. This film was just constantly on TV. And I just enjoyed it. Picked up a cheap DVD. And it became a tradition that I watch it every 4th of July. <laughs> um, I briefly want to touch on when I watched it for this podcast. Because um, Matt gave me a copy to watch. And then I thought, no, nah, this one is worth having my own copy. So I went and bought a DVD. But then yesterday, <laughs> I went and climbed a mountain to see a tree that looks like Godzilla. <laughs> and oh, That sounds much better. Massively misjudged how long it was going to take me. <laughs> So I walked 70 <laughs> kilometers over 14 hours and missed the last train home. So I sat and watched this film on my phone last night in a train station. <laughs> and then slept on a I'm bench and got the train at 6 a.m. this morning. So if I'm a bit out of it today, it's because I literally have not really slept. <laughs> wow. I mean, at least you at least you live in a country where you feel safe doing any of that. I <laughs> I have done this in the UK, um, okay. but didn't feel as safe there as I did here. You don't want to do that in Atlanta, GA. <laughs> no, I don't even take my phone out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tough and tough looking because I'm bald, so people don't tend to pick fights with me. There we go. Ah, I'm almost bald. I should just go all the way. But well, that's yeah. what I did in like my early twenties. <laughs> ah. But yeah, it changes when you when you get to forty. You're just like trying to cling to every last strand of your. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't want to be that. I'm just like no Vin Diesel, the lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Mark, one of the reasons I, I called you in for this one is uh, you have a story about first encountering this movie. I believe. Well, I um, I made a road trip to get fireworks before this movie and uh, this was when fireworks were just completely illegal in Georgia you couldn't get even the crappy like snakes or the sparklers even they were all illegal so I drove to South Carolina and um, came back watched Independence Day with friends at a theater that was f- 
way too far away is uh, Lawrenceville for anybody who knows the geography of Atlanta. And I've never lived anywhere near that. Um, and then during the uh, final climactic battle scene, I came down with a very severe case of food poisoning. Um, still the most severe food poisoning I've ever had in my life. Um, and I was accused by more than one person of disliking the movie because I had, because I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I accused you of not liking the movie because you threw up. I wasn't with that screening, but yeah. the next day or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but I really wasn't sick until like the end, which I mean, the end isn't really the best part of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. It, it depends on how much you want to see Randy Quaid get put out of his misery, I think. <laughs> yeah, I just... Spoiler. I, oh, damn. Oh, don't don't worry about that. We're, 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 we're about to spoil anything, everything anyway, because Luke's going to run down the entire plot. And why am I bleeding? Yeah. How'd that happen? How did that happen? I don't know. Oh. Sorry. Okay, anyway, Matt's internet? bleeding. Yeah, the internet made me bleed a little bit from my wrist. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people have had the internet make them bleed from their wrist, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, but this this is the top side. This is the top side of my wrist, <laughs> not the other oh, side. Damn. <laughs> no, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's five. It's five G, man. Oh, yeah. and five, there's going to be like little like carbon worms like climbing out any second now. Then I don't see the carbon worms because they're burrowing in. Oh, they're going in, not out. Okay, that's why. Okay, anyway, yeah, it'll can, stop bleeding soon. Don't worry. Can, the can worms you, will take care of it. Can Can you give us a, a rousing British version of Independence Day? July 3rd, an alien spaceship passes over the moon. President Whitmore, who I'm pretty sure is a Republican, <laughs> is a young president elected as a war hero, but who proved to be a wimp. David Surname. <laughs> Surname? <laughs> He's not even looking at the wiki this time. He's <laughs> a TV technician who notices the alien's signal. Stephen Willsmith. <laughs> Wait, no, Miller. I think he had a name. Stephen Miller. <laughs> is an Air Force pilot who dreams of flying for NASA, but he's black and dating a sex worker, so that ain't happening. The aliens position themselves over major cities, and everyone acts like, nah, it's chill. But then David notices... It is not chill. The aliens blow up many cities, but all the main characters escape, even the dog. <laughs> Ju Wait, did I say July 3rd for that bit? You did, I was going to call you out on Yeah, it. July 2nd. Now it's July 3rd! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone is sad! 
<laughs> they go to Area 51 and meet hippie Mr. Data. <laughs> Will Smith catches an alien by punching it through its mech suit somehow. <laughs> he drags it to Area 51. It talks to the president through Mr. Data. The president decides to nuke the aliens. It doesn't work. But then, David has an ingenious plan. He'll give them a computer virus. He flies up into the big spaceship in one of the little spaceships. The best double act in this film gets really short amount of screen time. They upload the virus. The airplanes shoot down the aliens. The Americans finally have a plan about bloody time. <laughs> and on our Independence Day, we commit genocide on this alien race <laughs> and everyone celebrates. <laughs> Yes, when, when we have guests, Matt doesn't... He just edits the music however long we banter between segments. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Now you know that. <laughs> <laughs> now does... That's, you needed to save that for the uh, whatever, behind the scene episode that you do. In, no, it's in this one now. So people find out what a Mickey Mouse okay. operation this is. <laughs> 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 Sit, nope. Sitting around Matt's laptop on the side of a hill. So sometimes I send. It's like Birdman. It's one long take. Yeah. Sometimes I send Luke images of like how insane my editing sessions look. <laughs> Looks like a boat or an ark or something. It's great. You create a lot of work for yourself. <laughs> anyway, Independence Day. Hey, um, does this movie have any notable actors in it? You might have noticed in my synopsis, I didn't mention any of the female characters because neither did the script. <laughs> <laughs> they still shoot, it'll get them in post. <laughs> There's three female characters and they're all just love interests for the three main men. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, one of them isn't even a love interest. She's just trying to have her own life. And then the uh, one of the main characters just keeps trying to drag her back into love interest territory. Yes, yeah, sad, divorced, middle-aged Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Pretty sad, yeah. Jeff, was, okay, it was Jeff Goldblum. We start with with this. This, I guess this is Pete Gold. Is is Pete Goldblum like this, or is it him like uh, on the floor in Jurassic Park? I think this is Pete Goldblum. Okay, in Jurassic, in Jurassic Park, you're kind of not meant to like him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, we got that meme, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lounging with his chest out. Okay, this is Pete Goldblum, where he's actually like actively doing something. Then yeah. May, um, it, is Thor Ragnarok also Pete Goldblum? It might be. Well, that's like Goldblum Resurgence, right? Yeah. That's what did he do if those 15 years in between? 
He did a few things, I think. He he did that. Yeah. He, he just, made a jazz record, right? Nice, didn't he? He did the. I think he did. I think he's like a p- pianist, like a good one. He did that Blue Man Something. Group sketch with Tim and Eric. That was fun. Nice. <laughs> that was great. I guess he just wasn't Jeff, doing like Jeff genre pictures, so I wasn't seeing them. Okay, the next question then is this or Men in Black peak Will Smith? Or another option if you want to. Well, this is like Will Smith. Because Men in Black, he still like was doing the rap for the theme tune. It was still playing like Streetwise Young Will Smith, right? That was a year after this, though. Was, was it really? Men in Black was after it, yeah. Men in Black was after this. Because I feel like this is more of his stepping towards being like serious actor Will Smith. This is him stepping into. This is him stepping into it, and that's like, to me, the greatest thing in this movie, the best special effect is Will Smith stepping into being like a tremendously good actor and carrying the entire movie. Like, it was just amazing to watch him carry the entire movie without using CGI. Yeah, because Bad Boys was before this, and that's a good one, but I I guess he was still pretty much the fresh prince at this point. Oh, I also, I guess in this one, he's part of an ensemble cast, right? Uh, exactly. Will, I, Men in Black is a Will Smith film. Yeah. So, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, but I mean, yeah, it's mostly. Well, Tommy Lee Jones is um, the straight man to Will Smith for most of that film. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, weigh in with just the first hot take of the episode. That I didn't see Wild Wild West until, I, w- I want to say five years ago. I think Wild Wild West is a much better movie than this. I was about to say before you said that. I was like, am I allowed to say I like Wild Wild West? I, I like I Wild Wild West. Okay, groovy. All right, none <laughs> of us are canceled because we're holding ourselves up. <laughs> unless, unless we're all canceled together. So <laughs> I challenge you to come and cancel me. I live in Japan. You can say what you want here. <laughs> I, could, I could literally wear blackface to work for Halloween and no one would bat an eyelid. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I... I haven't sent you this photo, neither of you, because I don't want it to actually be digitally transmitted, although it's in the clouds, I guess it is, but yeah, I was in... Uh, Since you in blackface? Yeah, no, not, not me in blackface, no, but we went to this curry shop <laughs> in Hokkaido on a company trip last year, and outside, I actually we'd already had the curry, right? And we come outside, and there's just the most offensive, like, little Sambo statue possible outside the door. I'm like, oh my God, I know I showed Luke the photo. Yeah, I've I seen the photo. Yeah, I, I, Mark has not seen it because I didn't want to like digitally transmit it, but. <laughs> well, I won't, I promise not to share it, but you know, you can just show me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Send an encrypted message that expires. A friend of mine <laughs> went to a wrestling show and he got face paint done of, do you know the wrestler Gold Dust? Uh-huh. Right, oh, he's the best. But uh, after the show, he tried to wash it off, and the gold came off, and the black just spread. Uh-huh. And he had to take the London oh, Underground shit. home in blackface. Yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> uh, I uh, yeah, I ran a I ran a fun run in full gold dust outfit once. My buddy was Stardust. <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Okay, a man with the power who loves golden showers. That's, <laughs> That's real. <laughs> Well, his initial character was, he's a bad guy because he's gay. <laughs> yeah, that is, tr- that is true, but it's like, if you can just choose, you can just choose your heroes in wrestling, really. <laughs> like, the one time that I went to live wrestling in the last, like, in adulthood, we just booed John Cena the entire time because we did not accept him as our, in the as U- our hero. In the Let's UK, everyone boos John Cena, so we were like the three adults who were cheering him. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, you, I guess you mentioned on the podcast before the, the weird uh, 
Brit, uh, English response to yeah, to so wrestling. basically, like the, you know, the Brits love a villain, so they we tend to cheer the heels and boo the face. But I went to yeah. one of the NXT shows, so they're like kind of new to this, and one of them mm-hmm. she clearly had not performed in front of a British crowd before, so she was trying to play the villain, and everyone loved her, and she just like blue screen of death. She didn't know how to deal with. What are you it. doing? <laughs> Mark, is your is your Facebook open? Uh, no. Oh, Should I open it? I just it just came your way. I, I, I decided to break that. I'm trying to stay off. I know. I I tried to break yeah, that digital plan. transmission uh, thing. Oh, you'll want to stay off for what I just sent you. <laughs> okay, good. I, sorry, listeners. I'm not putting this photo in the episode. Oh. Just, just whatever horrible thing you are imagining in your mind. That's what this is. <laughs> are you Are you going to start editing now? <laughs> is this going to break? Is this going to be the last straw? <laughs> we have are just going to edit this out. <laughs> we barely started, and we just went on a huge tangent. <laughs> um, Here's a question: If Will Smith would white was white, would he have won an Oscar by now? Would he be in the Matrix? Uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know, because he's chosen some very bad projects. Did you see the did you see the scene where he like kills himself with a jellyfish? Did he cut out when he said kills himself? <laughs> there's a movie. That was amazing. There's I think movie. he cut out when he said kills himself. I had with a jellyfish. There's a movie. Okay. There there is a movie where um it's like I guess he pl- I haven't seen the movie, I've only watched the scene because it's legendarily bad, but it's like he is a dick or something, and he... Uh, like a physical one? Gets, he decides to give all of his organs out, so he kills himself with jellyfish venom so that it, it doesn't mess up his liver or something. It's just him in a bathtub with a jellyfish being like, Ugh. It's, it's <laughs> Wait, really... Is that seven pounds? Yeah. That was... That's it. That one was supposed to be good. I didn't know he killed himself with a jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, now I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, also, when I yeah, thought, I kind of do want to see it. When, when I thought Mark cut out, turned out that the the, my, the cord on my headphones had just come out a bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if if anyone's confused, why why that all happened? Okay, underused act. Oh God, we have to. Okay, Bill Pullman first. Mm. Good morning. I I was so not. I I, I blame him for everything. <laughs> Somehow his performance was just so grating and terrible to me in this in this viewing. And I didn't hate him at all the first time I watched it. And it was just like, he was just doing a weird, like someone told him what a president was like. A few hours from now, pilots from here will join those from around the world to take part in the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Battle! Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. No longer can we be divided by our petty differences. (laughs) <laughs> Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and we will once again be fighting for our independence. Not from tyranny or oppression, but from annihilation. Fighting for our right to live. <laughs> <laughs> After today, the 4th of July will no longer be an American holiday, but the day... It'll the be my daughter's set. birthday! Yay! <laughs> All countries we matter. Surrender without a fight. We will not go quietly until the night. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. (laughs) (laughs) Golf clap. I've had that in my head for so long because I'm waiting for the time 
that someone asks me to do a speech <laughs> and I don't have one prepared, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, that was a that is such a weird scene to me in the movie because it kind of is just kind of nonsense at the beginning, but it's impossible not to get into it by the end of the speech. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even even so, to, to sort of get my feelings out of there, that's my opinion of this whole film. None of it should work, but for some reason, it just does work on me. <laughs> Maybe it's I not. I think there's just a lot of talent. Like the cinematography is perfect. The effects are mostly good. The act. The, the cast, even though they're sort of given personalities like cigar smoking guy, gay guy, uh, recycling guy, they still are really good actors, so I don't know. Yeah. It's it's like The Room. I, I don't want to compare it to The Room too much, but, you know, The Room was obviously shot by talented, competent people. It's just the maniac was directing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um most underutilized actor in this particular film? Um, the First Lady? Yeah, holy first crap. Lady. First Lady as hell, yeah. You can see her like almost doing her, her Battlestar thing, but you just given no chance to actually do it. <laughs> she, she was more presidential than Bill Pullman was. Really? <laughs> well, she proves so. that later, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, without even realizing that's who that was when I... Rewatched it because I haven't watched enough Battlestar, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> this film would have been much better and had more balls if she'd just been president. Yeah, she should have just been president. If, if this had been made after Battlestar, she of course she would have. Oh yeah, good then be typecasting. Yeah, so maybe it's good she's not typecast. True. <laughs> I mean, first lady and president is still pretty typecast. <laughs> um. There are a few supporting actors hanging out here. Do we want to discuss any of them? And sorry, Mark, did you have a bit more on her or not? <laughs> oh, not really. Okay. We She's cool. Yeah, we got, we got a, some notable uh, character actors popping up here. Um, yeah, we've got the Baldwin who's not a Baldwin. Is he in here? Yeah, he's, but the thing is, he's playing the polar opposite of the character he plays in Firefly. He's like the very serious soldier man at Area 51 in this one. Okay, I didn't even pick that up. Um, right. I was thinking more with uh, like Harvey Firestein and um, I guess Randy Quaid's basically a supporting actor. He's, he's, he's kind of in the between between of supporting and one of the leads, I guess. But I mean, he gets like the big heroic moment at the end. Yeah, I know. Also, have you ever watched the extended version of this? I'm not sure. Basically, all of the cut subplots are about him and his family. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I the first time I watched it in 96, like I... I'll probably keep flashing back to my initial impressions, but um, I felt like almost all the characters I liked died, and uh, I felt really bad for him then, and I felt much worse for him now because it seems like his character arc is be sad and drunk and then kill himself. So it's just... <laughs> that's It's like... Uh, uh, you did good? I mean, it's, I, I get that he saved everyone, but it's just... It's just extremely sad. Well, um... We, when we did High Life, we were talking about how rare it is <clears throat> that films or any kind of media treats sexual assault on men seriously. And the big mm -hmm. joke of this film is, isn't it funny that aliens put things up his bum? <laughs> I wasn't really even sure if that happened. Like, well, he definitely got, like, abducted and experimented on, I think. And that's why he's become, like, an alcoholic, depressed guy. It's almost... Like, the movie's so afraid to deal with sexual assault that it won't even confirm that he was... If, 
I guess it never even confirms that he was abducted, right? But yeah, I mean, it could, yeah, it they could have. It could have been like someone, a human, messing with him, and it just imprinted as an alien, which makes it even sadder. Right. He's like attacking people who didn't even. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so sad. That that deep dark like, black hole of Randy Quaid, and oh crap, that's a bad pun too, which I wasn't intentionally making. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, it's just. The whole movie that is ostensibly supposed to be a popcorn, fun popcorn movie, and there are just a couple of things that I'm just like, oh, this is too much. It's too... Ugh. That's exactly what I love about this film, is that it's so depressing, and then... The goodies win! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By killing every alien. I even... I remember even pretty <clears throat> young being like, huh, it's kind of weird how happy everyone is just watching billions of creatures die. <laughs> And when those ships yeah. crash, how many people are they crushing? Well, uh, the uh, the major cities have been evacuated at this point, so uh, not that many civilians. <laughs> yeah, a lot of um, there was a lot of exposition. It was like, uh, oh, we're going to uh, Phoenix. I'm sorry, Phoenix has been completely destroyed. That's <laughs> just someone says it's destroyed. So oh, it's destroyed now. Cool. <laughs> we couldn't afford. We couldn't afford to show you destroyed Phoenix, but it's destroyed. I, I don't think the aliens even had to do that much to melt Phoenix. It sounds like it's pretty fucking hell on earth hot anyway. In in 96, it was probably still only like 98 degrees. I've heard, I've heard stories that when you, when you walk on the pavement in the summer in Phoenix, your shoes melt. (laughs) I've never been. That's hot enough here. It's too hot. My ex was from Phoenix and she told me a lot of horror stories. Um, you said you liked Harvey Firestein back in the day and now, now, now you're not so cool. Yeah, he was kind of grating. I feel like maybe I just didn't have enough gay friends back then. Now I've, I have several and none of them act like that. And it kind of (laughs) feels a little bit, um, you know, my main catch Mm. was just listening to him was going to give me throat cancer, but yeah, kind of, but I, I also, also, I had much more sympathy with the, um, party goers when I was younger because that was me. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, aliens party, and then you, you die. But now, right now, specifically, I see people out partying and I'm just like, you you idiots. Just like grumble at them. I'd party by myself walking around in rice fields at midnight drinking Chew High. So, but also, right away. when everything was kicking off, we had a company party where we all held hands and sang songs. Oh, we were going to talk about yeah, yeah. This is this is early April, and we're like, we end the party by linking arms and singing "I've Been Working on the Railroad." Uh, it was the lyrics have been changed to something about our company, but <laughs> you know, clinking the glasses. Right? This is weird. It was like, like party. It seemed like none of the Japanese stuff bad an eyelid, and then like we all just sort of made eye contact, like, huh, okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I am um, pretty sure I actually had COVID-19 in early March, but I haven't gotten an antibody test yet because you can't just go get one at this juncture. So, well, uh, no, Japan's solution is we just don't test anyone. <laughs> pretend it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that you got that from somewhere. And, you know, we, we're big into not just don't check that mole, you know. <laughs> just don't check it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, an, it's nice having health care, though. <laughs> I mean, health, uh, what, not insurance. Yeah. What am I talking for? Health plan. What, what, am I getting the wrong word here? I don't know. Health something. I mean, something about health. You, for me, you have to step down. Good insurance. Dental plan. 
Lisa needs braces. Dental plaid. Lisa needs braces. Dental plaid. Okay, I won't do it too long. <laughs> I, I have, like, I've had insurance for several years, and I have paid probably twelve or thirteen thousand dollars in dental and medical bills, because that's just how it is. So. You probably have better insurance than that. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you about my doctor's trip last week. <laughs> I go from a country ah. of free health care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what's going on. Don't worry. I broke my own wrist because I was drunk and didn't pay a penny. <laughs> <laughs> was New Year's I'm just going to get his... I'm just going to get as many stimulus checks as I can and then move out of the country and spend all the money somewhere else. And <laughs> then we'll be even. <laughs> Design is pretty good here. This film look, still looks pretty damn good. And we mentioned, what was it? Um, we just mentioned on Transformers that they did not have the help of the U.S. military. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the dogfighting here really reminds me of a Star Wars movie. Which I guess is because it's essentially the same effects. You yeah. fighter jets. It's, it's so well edited. It was kind of like, man, this could have been half the movie. I don't know. It was just super tight, it, which is strange because it, I felt like conversations in general, I mean, probably just my uh, nor, like current, current uh, atmosphere bias because everything's edited so quickly now, but uh, the dogfight was tight. I don't know. We linger on a few shots here. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the airplane scenes in this film, but... I think if there'd been much more of them, they probably would have felt like they were running too long. Like, if you had, like, a Transformers movie amount of dogfighting, where it's, like, the last yeah. 40 minutes of the film, I think they probably would have got a bit dull. One thing the movie does really well is just balance. Like, there is... You just never feel like any one character or scenario is just dominating the whole thing. Well, they're really just um, hard. running with the 70s disaster film template about as hard as they can. Well, if you look at the other stuff Emmerich's done, disaster movies are his bread and butter, right? So this is yep. a disaster movie. It just happens to be a disaster that you can kill at the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the aliens are more of a force of nature. I mean, their personality is like, you die. Like, that's it, pretty much. Did Mars Attacks do it better? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm... I will unabashedly say that I prefer Mars Attacks to this, including I've rewatched it recently. Generally, in alien invasion stuff, the less I know about the aliens, the better. Ah, see, we're opposite. I want a villain to like come and snar snarl at me. Uh, in a lot of stuff, yeah, but with aliens, I guess um, War of the Worlds is my favorite book, and in that, like, you don't know, you barely understand the aliens at all because they're alien. And that sense of just, like, this unknowable, horrible force is, like, very tense to me. Whereas, like... I think that's my favorite... Sorry, go ahead. 
where you've got like sort of these Doctor Who villains who you can actually have a conversation with, it's just not as scary anymore. Yeah, I I think War of the Worlds is probably my favorite alien invasion movie of that type. I mean, the original one, the the Tom Cruise running simulator one is pretty good too, but especially the first one. Actually, I think Independence Day is the best adaptation of War of the Worlds. <laughs> might I suggest well, I, that? I'm not entirely joking. No, no, I'm saying the flaw here actually might be like they have a conversation with the alien through the corpse of Brent Spiner, it is right? Pretty, it is pretty creepy. Though, yeah. right? It's creepy. It's a cool that, scene, but if they didn't have that interface, mm. would that have made... They also upload a computer virus for Jeff Goldman's <laughs> laptop, so at that point... Windows 95 <laughs> was possible, uh, po- popular. <laughs> I'm sure they could have thrown in a line like, oh, our computers are backward engineered from theirs, so... Yeah, I, I couldn't really help um, laughing really hard at the whole virus thing this time. I think it was probably funny at the beginning, but... I saw in oh your boy. notes you had a big catch with the uh, the spaceship this time around, other than just the virus. Um, oh, that Will Smith was just like, I've I saw seen that it. spaceship, <laughs> yeah. I can fly it. <laughs> it's just, that is such like an anime ass pull type of thing to do, because it's like... Oh, I've seen that move. You can't use it on me. It's It's like, I've seen a gun before. You can't shoot me with it. I've seen a gun. (laughs) I think it would have been a lot more fun to just have him sort of like tool around with the controls. And then uh, that's maybe that's like a trope that shows up in everything. Yeah, he did crash it a bit first. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty fun. I, I think that was probably the strongest thing because they just put the two best actors in the ship and well yeah like i said in my synopsis just the jeff goldblum will smith comedy hour like i i really wish will smith had come back for the sequel just so we could have had two hours of those two bouncing <laughs> off each other so i thought about watching the sequel and just didn't get around to it um, i've still never seen how? it i watched it huh. don't bother <laughs> or i think you... roland emmerich has apologized for it wow if that tells you anything <laughs> a, a person who seems like he wouldn't apologize for anything yeah, he has other movies he didn't apologize for. <laughs> you know what? I really liked Universal Soldier. Oh, yeah, I did that before. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, this this was the first, like, well, I guess Stargate was the, the transition, and this is, like, full-on Emmerich, right? It's a full-on disaster film. Yep, and then he did several more. I, think, I hope uh, he does a sequel to 2012 called 2020. <laughs> and it's just the true yeah. I've heard on the aborigin some of the aboriginal calendars. Do you remember they they shifted the whole calendar back in the 17th century? This is the real 2012. Yeah, uh-huh. I've seen that that meme, and some people were like, "That means that it's actually 2028," and I haven't really researched it further. 2028. Okay, yeah, obviously I haven't, but I'm just like, okay, uh, I, I just I heard that like in January. This is real 2012. Oh, and really? And now I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, sure, yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of trending now with like a picture of the movie 2012 in the bottom of it. From 2009. Wait, was that when 2012 came out? They were just like. Yeah, it's a few years early. Yeah, it's a few years early. (laughs) Like, I think Demolition Man was something like it was like 1993, and it was like in 1996, you will be cryogenically frozen if you're a prisoner. (laughs) And they wake up in what year? What what year did they wake up? 2015. Oh, okay. We I still think. have Taco Bell. That was accurate. Okay. The best, the best film for that is Terminator 2, because it's set like two or three years after it came out, but they just don't change anything. <laughs> they just age up yeah. John Connor. 
you're all going to die. Oh, too much. He should be like eight. Well, no, but that's it. It's set a few years later than when it came out. Oh, right, so right, right. They didn't have to have an eight year old running around. Terminator had this built in. It had this built-in thing, and I don't know if it was just James Cameron being a genius or if he just got lucky, but it's like, well, you can only send this one nude robot back in time and then this nude human, and uh, you can't send anything else. So that completely solves the problem of, like, just anachronisms. And then almost every movie after Terminator 2 just, like, shit all over it. But (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you haven't seen Genesis. (laughs) Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, uh, I, I went to Mark to see. Um, oh God, what was the one before Genesis? Salvation. 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 That is. And I remember. I, I was booing in the theater. I don't know if you remember that or not. I was booing a movie. In the and then I, I walked home with you, probably pretty sloshed, trying to convince you that the movie was okay because it had Michael Ironside in it. In a movie with Michael uh, Ironside, can't be bad. <laughs> uh, he was phoning it in movie. though. He was so tired. Yeah, he's so tired. He was so tired. Also, he's only in it for like three shots. Yeah, that's true. I was yeah, like, he was in a submarine. That was my whole. That was my whole like. That was my whole case, though. He's in it, so it must be okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. It was a flimsy case. Um, right, but then. We got Genesis a few years later and Salvation suddenly seemed good. Yeah. But <laughs> I honestly, I liked Salvation. Oh, not, uh, I liked Genesis in the same way that I like Highlander 2 because it was like, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. And I am, I was just enamored with like, they're just putting like three time machines in this and just, oh, it's just something else. And Matt Smith is just, I don't, it was just so crazy that I, res- I respect crazy movies like that. <laughs> But um, Dark Fate was much, much better. Than okay, that. I was about to ask you because we actually we, we went in prepared to just have our um, childhoods destroyed and quite enjoyed Dark Fate. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the closest whole, they've ever come to the first two in my book. Well, the, I thought that the problem with that was the trailers were, for that were very bad. And that it, is I true. went in expecting nothing and I actually really enjoyed it. And uh, aside from, I don't know, aside from that it feels just too much smaller than Terminator 2 to come after it. If that makes any sense. Mm. Mm. Like the James Cameron, it's like if uh, James Cameron made a sequel to true lies and it was sort of just, um, didn't have like 16 car chases in it. It would feel like strangely smaller. Like he just went so far. He went so far with Terminator 2 that I think he just cursed everything that came after it. (laughs) Um, Did you so, ever see the promotional photos for Terminator Genesis? Which ones are you referring to? I don't think to? so. There's like pictures of like Matt Smith and everyone trying to look cool holding guns, but they <laughs> just look like some like cosplay guy's photo shoot outside a convention. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad and have so little energy. They're like, you can't believe this is a Hollywood production movie. <laughs> Just just to dovetail this back to Independence Day, how much does Will Smith carry this movie just because he's Will Smith in this movie? Is uh, and I'll give Goldblum too, but um, I, I guess I think, I think it's like not just that he's really swinging for the fence, but they kind of give him a, a character with like maybe a couple more degrees of dimensions than other characters. It's sort of just a thing that works. Like he has he has a few things going on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, since we're kind of doing design, uh, let's before we stop on this one, let's uh, do a little bit on the the aliens themselves. Uh, again, Mark, uh, I'll 
cite your note, or if you want to cite your own note, because I'd have to look for it. <laughs> um, didn't look great when it interfaced with Brent Spiner, but the one on the spaceship when they blew it up looked like it was just sitting there. Like it was sort of just a prop. This is minding its own like, business. Oh. The one on the spaceship was like Master Splinter in Ninja Turtles 3. And they, they haven't even bothered to give him legs. He's just stands behind the counter. It, it reminded me of like a Universal Studios thing where you like go, you know, you go on one of those um, like studio ride things and you just walk through a corridor and there's a thing that's like, oh, hello, what are you doing here? I actually think the one in the lab does look pretty cool, though, when it gets up and attacks everyone. Yeah, yeah it's it's very alien, uh, you know, Giger esque, but it's still pretty cool the way it like hisses. Like and, yeah, in in recent years, alien designs have gotten really boring. Well, we said on this podcast before, it's just the big brown CGI blob now, right? Whereas, they, like um, yeah. the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds, they're just these aliens. Yeah, but a bit less interesting. There is, um, I can't remember when. When was the last interesting new alien? Arrival, maybe? It was, like, kind of interesting, but it was also kind of... Mm. Monochrome. Um, the Edge of Tomorrow, that was, like, the only thing wrong with that film. Right, yeah, they, they, were, just, they were just blobs in that. Oh, what is it? Live, die, repeat? We don't call it Edge of Tomorrow okay. here. Yeah, there we go. No, it's all you need is kill. No, that's, that's a much better title, and I wish they'd stuck with it, but still... In Japan, they did. <laughs> great movie. That's Same. what my Blu-ray says. It says all you need is kill. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, oh, I'll tell you where the I best don't... new aliens come from. They come from Halo. Sure. Halo has lots of cool aliens. I mean, yeah, I loved the, like, the little guys that ran at you and with the grenades. They're like, yeah, non-believer perish. One of the, there's one bit in what coming which game it is. You find one of them sat on a cliff, and if you walk up to it, you get the button prompt. They got button prompt for punt. Got to punt those aliens. Uh, if only... Um, if only who was going to do a Halo movie? There are like probably six or seven directors. I think it was uh, District District Nine guy. Uh, Neil Blomkamp. Oh, that would have been good. He, he was. Uh, I know he was in the buzz for uh, not anymore. I think, but he was definitely on the well, peak of that for a few. Because well, he was going to do an Aliens for a while as well, and then yeah, and Ridley Scott overpowered him and took it from him. <laughs> it made twenty minutes of an Alien film and like crap for the rest of the movie. Well, except for the Michael Fassbender parts. Yeah, He's Michael Fassbender is good in everything. I hated Covenant so much. I don't even... I you can't won't, even get it. You won't it. give it those last 20 minutes, which uh, there was enough CGI. I won't argue the point, so... <laughs> See, I, I disliked Prometheus so much I didn't even watch Covenant. <laughs> yeah, you're better off. If you couldn't take Prometheus, because Prometheus to me like had three or four scenes just buried in it that were good, even though there was just a bunch of nonsense and maybe just don't make a movie about the origins of life if you didn't write anything. Uh, the final act only works if you assume that the main character is not aware of 90 degree angles. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I guess uh, if, if I were gay, I, I, I'd want to get into the fast bender. I guess that's a... I would bend well, fast like, for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the whole thing where they have two of him and it seems like they're going to like hook up and then they just sort of don't. <laughs> It was really disappointing. It was just like... I think you just talked Luca down. I'm at least trying to watch this one. <laughs> it was, that was probably... That was the coolest... The, the coolest couple of things involve him, but the main thing about it is he shows up in a cloak at, in, near the beginning of the film. He's just like, 
welcome to my cave. And you're supposed to be surprised when he turns out to be evil towards the end. <laughs> How just can like, you be surprised that the android and alien movie is evil? <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a twist where one of them's good. Well, because, yeah, because two of them were good, so you're supposed to... And it's a different... Mo- oh, God. I don't want to... I don't want to... So Independence um, Day. <laughs> yeah, Independence Day. Speaking of... Wait, no, 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 please do that. What? You press stop on the recording if you're going to the toilet, you maniac. (laughs) Are you taking it with you? Anyway, um, I I would like to talk sort of about how this, for me, at least within my lifetime, this sort of takes place right in the middle of the absolute golden age of big budget movies because it was, I think that kind of ended with Phantom Menace and it started with, I guess, RoboCop or maybe Terminator 2. But if you go back and watch any of these like 90s films, the uh, the effects look so good. It's just kind of almost gut-wrenching, like kind of sad, almost. It was like the spaceship looks so good in this. We're, we're only just now getting to the point where CG can look as good as these movies did in the 90s. But yeah, we had we had those I, 10 or 20 years where they were just like, well, computer programmers don't have a union, so we're going <laughs> to use them to do our effects. Yeah. You don't, have, you don't have to like the newer Star Wars, but at least they got that ball rolling a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, in terms of effects, I think the that's why I mean in terms Star of effects, is phenomenal. Yeah. I loved the new Star Wars. I thought it was completely insane, just like Terminator Genesis and Highlander <laughs> Two. Um, we just got to throw out there: um, is the last Star Wars movie the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker? I think it's Rise of Skywalker, but that's the last movie of the Disney trilogy and not the last movie of the entire Skywalker series. <laughs> <laughs> Does, is that allowable? Yeah. It's allowable, but I think both hosts thought eh, the ending of Last Jedi ends it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, no, that should have. It's it's weirdly um, it weirdly kind of echoes the prequel trilogy where that could have been two movies also, but it's like the second two movies of that, and then we could have had the first two movies, and then it could have been a seven film saga. But everyone's just obsessed with trilogies, so it has to be. Like a trilogy I think that that's grew the legs. Well, that was a trilogy arms. of trilogies. <laughs> everyone, every, yeah, everyone I see directors being like, well, we have to finish the story. We have to, we've written the whole trilogy. And it's just, uh, James Cameron is now making like five avatars. So he's just automatically just 
changing that. I hope it doesn't turn into, well, we have to make five movies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the story is five movies. It, but it's, the, the Trilogies weren't even a thing until Back to the Future, which I think, to me, that is still really good. And all three of those movies, to me, are good. I don't know. Um, I like all the Back to the Futures, but they did set this precedent of you make the first film and then you make two sequels back to back. And it, it just leads to all these middle films, which are like not really films. Yeah, the um, the Matrix was like, didn't do that so well. Well, also like, oh. do you know what the Wachowski's original plan was for the Matrix? Two movies? One prequel, one sequel. That makes sense. Would've if they'd have just way better. <laughs> <laughs> was um, it this... like the um, Shinichiro Watanabe did the uh, the the history one? I don't remember yeah, who yeah, directed um, the uh, the Animatrix history one. Yeah, that, that could have w- been a that could have been an hour and a half movie, and it would have been the best Matrix movie. Yeah, that yeah. was the prequel, but kind of uh, scaled down to anime or fake anime. Or real anime. Said, oh, no, if we're going to make a trilogy, so they good. all have to have the principal cast in them. Right. But, um, but I have started getting kind of excited for the fourth movie because I've started wondering, are they going to pay off the thing they did at the end of the second movie that they never paid off? Where they implied that you're still in the Matrix. There's another layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard I've heard some story, like some real weird ideas they might be going with, so I'm hoping that's true. Well, like within this new movie, the Matrix movies exist and are part of the like programming. <laughs> well, could I don't know. I guess could that's real. See, we'll see. But um, we, maybe we'll see. As long as I as long as I see some cool karate, I don't really care. Yeah. In the case of this movie, well, uh, Yin Wu Ping isn't choreographing it, which sucks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just saying. Uh, trying to drag it back to Independence Day, where this movie definitely oh, yeah. didn't need that sequel. Um, you guys said you didn't watch it, but um, more importantly, um, is anyone going to vote for President Pullman? Uh, What's the alternative? The alternative would be... What, Trump? No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to come up with a good one here. How how about, how about Jeff Goldblum's dad? No, that's, uh, you'd vote for him over him easily. Sorry, that was a bad, that was a bad one. Trump was too on the nose. We don't, we don't elect that. Jewish presidents here, apparently. We need another good cinematic president. Okay, Harrison Ford in Air Force One or Bill Pullman? Who are you voting for? Those are the two running. Her- Harrison Ford, I guess. I don't... Okay. Uh... If I'd heard that speech, I'd vote for Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I just don't vote anymore. I live in Japan anyway, so... Well, you know, if a wartime president, a wartime president is always reelected, and if there was, like, an intergalactic war, he's not losing... He's president for life at this point, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they give him five terms. They don't care. Mm. No, in real life, I have to go. Also, jump the electorate through. is probably like six people at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> yay, we like you. <laughs> well, finally, Congress was trimmed. Oh god, I don't even know. I don't remember if they blew up Congress or not. So but they blew up the entirety of Washington D.C. I think so. <laughs> That was a, a weird thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but as good as all the effects looked, there were a couple of times where explosions just looked like they had sort of like screensaver patterns in them. Like there was a thing where it was sort of like cars flying around, but it looked specifically like a pattern. I've actually seen how they did that, and it's pretty cool. They built like a model city and had it vertically, and then oh. blew flame up it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it looked <laughs> right. Well, never that. mind. I retract my any complaint. But I, I, I think that. there might be some, like, they're compositing in some vehicles and stuff, and it doesn't quite all land. 
Yeah, I mean, you could slam things in this movie, but the effects, especially of that time, or you can't really call too much uh, bullshit on those. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I mean, I they could have just made the whole movie in space, and it would have been, I don't know, they could have just done a 2001-esque thing where, well, I don't want to daydream about that. No, I mean, if you, if you wanted to be like, well, they wrote the whole script in post, you know, you can't really argue that either, but... <laughs> well, they, they were trying to rush it out to beat Mars Attacks because they were afraid of Mars Attacks, which in retrospect is really funny because you notice how it isn't really um, Fourth of July themed if you just pick it apart. It's just they were they were like, quick, we have to get it out. Uh, Tim Burton's doing uh, Christmas, so we'll just um, rewrite it so it is a Fourth of July movie. Our Independence Day! <laughs> and then it worked, because that that movie crushed and Mars Attacks, I, I think, unfairly flopped. I don't know, that's one they're, of my favorite Tim Burton They movies. are very different films, though, really. Yeah, it was like, are they... Like, totally yeah, they're incredible. The, the, the thing they have in common is ensemble cast. Oh, and Flying Saucers. That's it. Oh, yeah, and Flying Saucers. This <laughs> one does not have heads attached to dogs, though, which is uh, a point against Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I always favor comedies. Like my third or fourth favorite Star Wars movie is Spaceballs. I mean, I don't. <laughs> How does the holiday I, special I like rank comedy. with you? Honestly, I ha- I I need to rewatch it before no, I listen. You don't. I have you to don't. listen to your episode. <laughs> I, I I don't remember anything about it. That that's PTSD, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I I didn't watch it. And I saw it the first time in like 1995 or something. So it's not, I don't have childhood memories of it. I don't either, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel sorry for the person who did. <laughs> <laughs> my weird childhood, my weird childhood Star Wars memory is that I had a, um, a record that was like a storybook of the first Star Wars, which I'm sure that you guys have probably heard before where all the voices are wrong. All the voices are different. We definitely had, like, yeah, some audio, audio plays of Star Wars. And I just remember, like, how ridiculous it sounds when they're like, Ah, I see you have drawn your lightsaber. Well, I shall also draw my lightsaber. <laughs> we, shall do. <laughs> we shall do. We shall do. Yeah, the, um, the Darth Vader in this uh, storybook record, he sounded kind of like, um, like Doctor Doom from the old animated Marvel cartoons or something. It was just a very different take on the character that was just generic evil. It wasn't, you know. Speaking of generic evil, um, so in this film, President Bill makes a very snap decision just to try and annihilate the aliens as best as possible. And the movie does give us aliens that you probably need to annihilate as fast as possible. But um, we've stated multiple times here we're, we're kind of on the trek geek side of things and there's got to be another solution doesn't there he does try he tries communicating with them he tries mm-hmm. asking the alien when it talks to him is there a chance for peace like that is always his first response but i mean these guys kind of did need blown up patrick stewart would try it again though i kind of feel like the movie was like the movie was directly telling him no you must you must grow balls and a huge <laughs> penis and you must destroy the aliens. Stop being a wimp president. Like I felt like every, everything in the movie was just, I don't know. Um, Robert Loggia. We didn't bring up Robert Loggia. Yeah. Go the for secretary it. defense. It was great. He didn't have anything to do, but he was just great. His presence was just like snarling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't barely remember him being there. But I'm like, oh yeah, Robert Larson. You say a name, I'm like, yeah. I, I, I just, I just remember him getting fired at the end. I always remember that scene. Well, wasn't it the other guy who got fired? Um, oh crap! Oh, I think we lost you. Wasn't it, it the loss of sound? Uh, I think he's the loss of sound. Yeah, I think he was on, in sorry. Lost Highway. Do, 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 do. He's real creepy in Lost uh, Highway. Huh? Hold on. Which, I don't see any stats on anything. Oh, there we go. You hear me? Pop, pop, yeah. gotcha. Okay, sorry. What'd you hear us the whole time uh, as I tried to wax yes. Robert? Okay. <laughs> yes, he was just like, yes, sir, Mr. President. Oh, he's the general guy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting, he was the, I'm getting he was confused the, with the Weasley Secretary of Defense guy. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, that was the guy who, who he just fired because I... It wasn't even entirely clear. He was like, this man has no dick. (laughs) 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 I was going to say it before you did. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like he didn't ostensibly do anything wrong. He was just a real dick. (laughs) No, uh, Mark, I'm going to your, oh yeah, what'd you say? This is your notes, Mark. A Bill Pullman speech is made of nonsense. Can't be consumed by petty differences. You just fired a guy for disagreeing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Like three minutes earlier. <laughs> but I mean, speeches are the thing is speeches are speeches. They're they'll, they're just there to be twisted by people in the future to fit whatever they want to put on a meme. We all know how weird your house of cards can get, especially <laughs> if you want to go behind the scenes. <laughs> mm. Back on the pedos. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> Kevin Spacey movie? Seven. I guess. No, the correct answer is K-Pax. Yeah. I've never seen I K-Pax, haven't seen by the way. That. Can we do a K-Pax episode? Is I, that okay? I don't know if we can. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just list off Kevin Spacey's crimes. The whole time. <laughs> like like Alleged at random crimes. intervals. Like we're just having a chat and then it's like, on just, September 13th, 1990. <laughs> just only discuss the other actors in the film. Despite the fact that it's mostly about him. <laughs> I, I heard a podcast episode about Borderlands recently and they mostly just listed off Randy Pitchford's crimes and it was really entertaining. Oh yeah, because his crimes are really dumb. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're Leaving funnier than the writing for Borderlands. Porn in like medieval times. <laughs> yeah, and his he was like, oh, I was trying to figure out how she did that magic trick of squirting because I'm a magician. <laughs> that magic trick of squirting. <laughs> it's, it's it's Pedialyte. Mm. Take that, take that to the bank, internet. <laughs> Pornhub is the house of alchemy. <laughs> Crowley <laughs> style. <laughs> The magic castle is now porn up. <laughs> I don't know. What were we talking about? Um, we're talking about Independence Day. We're yeah. talking about President Whitmore's big dick. <laughs> and how he had to decuck himself. <laughs> I saw an article about that a few days ago. It's like someone had actually, there's an article of like six ways to chop off your own penis. <laughs> oh, God. Just in case that's what I, you want to do. <laughs> I mean, if that's what floats your boat, at least give it some thought before you do it. I can't even be mad at this movie for for being like that because they did at least give the the absolute worst possible threat. Like it's he he really tried to negotiate with them, and also um, it was in the middle of the Clinton presidency, which you know, lots yeah. of lots of war. War. Huh. 
What is it good for the economy? <laughs> yeah? yeah. Yeah, we just, you know, we, we did it once and then we're just going to keep trying it until... Yeah. Well, you just you run the same plan until it stops working, right? Yeah, that's exactly... That's well, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if it stops working because you control everything and you just say it still works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which... I yeah, that's true. Um, I got a stimulus check. I did too, and I have no way to get it because it's at my parents' <laughs> house, and I apparently have to physically sign for it. <laughs> what? You you can just um, get like a robot pen. Yeah, that's, that probably exists, right? Just an, an arm with a pen, and then you you use like a VR glove to sign the check. That that has to exist. That's gonna cost like oh, yeah, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, I myself hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I've been saying, like, Luke and I have not had, like, an hour out of the office this year. So, uh, uh, eventually I'm going to get my T... I used to, well, a few weeks ago, guys, like, I'm getting a T-shirt that says, like, you know, I lived through COVID-19 and all I got was this T-shirt. But I guess it just needs to be I lived through 2020 and all I got was this T-shirt yeah, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... Um, a few months ago, I had a conversation with someone that just said, well, at the end of 2020, we're just going to have a do-over. And I was just... my. My stance was, we're going to not want to ever talk about 2020 again. <laughs> and that's pretty much still how I feel about it. The crazy thing for me, I gave up drinking this year. <laughs> wow. And it's like, I keep, I keep making this joke, but is this just what every year is like? And I'm noticing because I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, yeah, I picked a hell Well, as Randy Quaid said, I picked a hell of a time to quit drinking. I did. <laughs> I that reminded me of the movie Airplane, even though I know that's like a slightly different line. <laughs> uh, he kind of felt like that character who also kind of looks like Bill Pullman. So I don't remember his name. I don't know Randy Quaid that well. And you guys seem to be alluding to that he has a subpersonality outside of this. He film. ran off to uh, Canada and post started posting YouTube videos about the celebrity whackers. Okay. He sort cool. of had a stalking situation. I am not I should have researched this, but I'm not entirely clear on it. But there was also some video where he posted a, a video of him simulating sex with his wife while she was ball gagged to make some kind of point, and I don't really know what the point was. But like he's, he's a he's kinky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's had meth, I think, meth, kind of methy. This might be a movie where the. He's not acting Allegedly. so hard. Kind of like right. Crispin Clover in Back to the Future. <laughs> well, this was a long time before he, like, I don't know. This. Is, well, when did Christmas Vacation come out? That was... 91, 89? maybe? Maybe 89. Somewhere around the year 1990. Uh, uh, around the time the Lombardo was the sensual dance you did. Oh, wow. Here's a weird thing. For the longest time, I thought Bill Pullman was in Dumb and Dumber. Huh. Why? Yeah, I Jeff just, Daniels. Yeah, I just thought they... they <laughs> you thought Jeff Daniels was Bill Pullman? Yeah, I thought they were the same guy. Because <laughs> Bill Pullman's in Spaceballs, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I just got them confused. Yeah. Okay.
Okay. Did you learn some more about Randy? Yeah, it was so fascinating that I completely tuned out because it's really insane. Um, in 2009, Quaid and his wife were arrested for allegedly defrauding an innkeeper in Santa Barbara for using an invalid credit card to pay a $10,000 bill. <laughs> it just goes on from there. So, I'm not American. And the director of this film is Belgian. And I kind of feel like he's in on the joke. I kind of feel like this film is taking the piss out of you guys. <laughs> His joke lasted a pretty long time. It makes me like it better. <laughs> right? Because, like, my favorite line in this film will always be when, like, they're organizing their plan and there's these British soldiers just waiting around and he's like, the Americans are organizing a counteroffensive about bloody time because <laughs> that's what the rest of the world does, right? We just sit around and wait for America to save the day. I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing when he put scenes like that in there. <laughs> that really does make me like it better because I, I love Paul Verhoeven and he's basically just endlessly doing that through any of his American films. He punctuates, punctuates it with uh, ultra violence, which I guess we're missing here. Which... Well, and also like much more obvious satire, right? Yeah, yeah. Robo Cop is this, clearly this, Jesus. This film doesn't have a... I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robo RoboCop is—I don't know—that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But it also is just continuously winking at you without smiling. Yeah. the American Jesus. Yeah, we're not gonna—we're not gonna pair yeah. this against RoboCop because RoboCop's just gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even unload its what does RoboHop RoboCop have a, a RoboCock have a, a Glock. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if, if you go online, you can definitely find Robocop, and we can watch that if you want. But. Yeah, it's what you can use to sign your check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to sign my stimulus check with a Robocop now. <laughs> I See, that, I can't, I, I feel like, I, well, it is, it's mine, yay. Chump change from the government, but then Japan's giving me chump change too, that's nice. Well, yeah, um, our colleague Matty's in the same position. He actually got both of his. Mm. I got my Abe no mask yesterday. It doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the other thing about this film, like, so War of the Worlds came out when, you know, the sun never set on the British Empire. Britain thought they were kings of the world. They could do whatever they wanted forever. And it was like, oh, what if there was a greater force? And the stuff that we've been doing in Africa happened to us. And it was like a real shock to the system because the idea of Britain being like on the losing side was just completely alien. And I feel like this film came out when America thought they were the kings of the world. And here is a film where the White House gets destroyed, New York gets destroyed, basically all of America gets destroyed. And I like, I don't know, were, the, were those shocking images at the time? Or were you so like along for the popcorn ride? It didn't really. No, with, I, I do remember the trailer made quite an impact by blowing up the White House. Right, like people noticed that at the time. Like, even ten years later, Die Hard Four was too pussy to really blow up the White House. They just pretended. <laughs> I, speaking for myself, I was my politics then were kind of what's becoming more accepted now, which is that. You know, I grew up listening to punk rock. I was just sort of anti-propaganda, and I was not—I was not really impressed. I was just like, "Cool, it's building." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, sorry, listeners. I—I—I I, I would love to see the 
countries abolished. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not yeah. I'm with you on that one. Don't worry. I just feel like, I feel like this movie is not as Urar America as its reputation says it is because America gets its ass handed to it for most of this film. And the solution was work together with the rest of the world. It's just, we don't really see it. Well, I remember in 1995, probably around the time I might have seen the trailer of this, uh, writing, uh, sitting in CNN Center, recently ransacked, um, and writing a song as a 16-year-old with the lyrics, I think the government sucks, Newt Gingrich is a slut. Let's bomb Capitol Hill, that's how I get my thrills. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I remember when I was like 11 years old, and the Queen visited um, my town, and me and my buddy stood in the crowd and shouted, Up the Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Which, at the time, nice. I understood just to mean that, you know, the concept of republicanism and not having a monarchy, but was actually an IRA slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. See, I didn't even know that. Anyway. I didn't at the time. <sighs> yeah, I, um, well, I mean, Luke, you said you saw this when you were six? I was pretty. Five? I uh, well, I was five when it came out, but I probably didn't see it till a little while later. So I guess I was around six or seven. I can't really. I wish I could really come up with a movie that I saw then. My parents were not. Um, I had a sister a little younger than me, and my parents were not big uh, culture people. So I I don't remember seeing an action movie in the theater until Terminator Two when I was twelve, and my friend's dad took us. I I, I didn't so, see this in the theater. I saw it on tape a little later. Ah. I was saying, I, I, I don't know if I have like, a, I don't know if I have an, an impression, maybe Flight of the Navigator or something like that, but that's still not. It's a little lower know, budget. I've been afraid <laughs> to rewatch it. Yeah, that's, well, that's also just a way different type of movie. But, but uh, yeah, my, none of my love for this film is because I agree with its politics or its message, or I think it's deep, impressive art. I just, it really takes me along for the ride. I feel sad in the sad bits. I feel happy in the happy bits. I like the music. I like the dumb script being done by good actors. I like the action and the effects. I'm just like every single time, like when when the when um, the first lady dies, I'm a little bit sad. When the first missile doesn't hit, it's a little bit tense. When it does hit, I'm excited. When all the aliens die and everyone cheers, <laughs> I'm cheering with them. Afterwards, I'm like. Oh, that was weird. But at the time, I'm just I'm just along for the ride. This, uh, yeah, I I don't think I'd really say that I hated this movie. Maybe didn't even hate it in the first place. I just sort of disliked it. It was to because me, you like, were sick. <laughs> no. Um, Owned. I, Another I liberal destroyed <laughs> by my logic. <laughs> there, there's a there's another factor for me which I don't know if Matt knew about this or not, but I think maybe a week or two weeks before the rock came out. And, um, for some reason I was just like, no, we gotta, th that summer, I think I saw independence day in the theater three times and the rock four times because I kept making people go back to see the rock again, <laughs> which is a Michael Bay film. If, oh, I'm, if you're I'm not aware listeners or, or, I, or I didn't know the rock could come out. I thought he was straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1996 he did and then he just you know he pulled himself back out of circulation but, uh, that that movie to me was um, you're the man now a Doc. much more taut thing 
And also, uh, I'll go ahead and add that I am also a Transformers apologist or a, a I, Transformers. I, I, I love those films. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we, we, we actually have our longest episode coming up, which will air a week before this one. But uh, yeah, we, we got got into some Transformers. Uh, Luke, uh, we're in Luke's apartment. He's got, what, like, what, 12 Transformers? Oh, uh, I've only got like four here, but back in the UK, I've got crates full of them. <laughs> yeah, I was Transformers obsessed when I was a child, and I saw the some of the first movie in the theater when I just snuck into it and then snuck out. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, I hope you snuck in just to see all your favorite characters die. <laughs> Literally, I... I snuck in to see the uh, the whole Megatron turning into Galvatron thing, which I was, I think, eight, and it actually really kind of fucked me up. I was like, this yeah, is... Yeah, that is some surreal imagery. Actually, I remember in this, in Independence Day, inside the mothership really reminded me of Unicron. It, it was a mix of, of Unicron and Vija. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they have they have influences. I was looking. Apparently, they used a lot of the uh, supercomputer stuff was from much older movies. They just had sort of a surplus lot of. I don't know. I, I liked that about it. The whole look, the whole look of the film, was awesome. The spaceship still looked awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about just a that. really well done stupid film. <laughs> yeah, I to to me the um the sadness like is a little bit weirdly tone deaf, but. I can laugh at it now more. So it kind of just takes the edge off and just like, I'll, I, I feel better about Randy Quaid dying because he just seems to want to die the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> you can, you can, you could do you it. Can have peace. <laughs> you can have peace now. Randy Quaid. I don't remember what his character's name was. You can do it. <laughs> Try again. At first this time. Even when he died, the kids were just like, well, that, they had that look on their face, like if you've ever known someone with a severely alcoholic parent and they just did something else. <laughs> just, um, no, but if you want to have me back for Transformers 4 while we're well, oh, before yeah. we get too far oh, from that. Did you, just call, did you just call Age of Extinction? Okay, you got it. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we've been sort of passing out who's going to join us for which Transformers, so yeah, definitely. So good. I, I just, really want just, Matt to find me an Egypt conspiracy guy for the second one and a moon conspiracy guy for the third one. Working on it. But you oh, can come fantastic. in for four. <laughs> I, I haven't watched five yet, so I don't know. But four, oh. I loved four because just, you know, things that happen in four are just so insane. People were mad about Optimus Prime, but I was like, dude, Optimus Prime is just kicking people. <laughs> Just <laughs> kicking humans. Um, from what you've told me about liking weird, broken messes of film, you are going to love Five. <laughs> five ah, was like Michael yeah. Bay had six films he wanted to make, so he just did them all at once. Is today, is today our Independence Day? Yes, uh, today is the day that we break free from the globalists. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, this, is this airing on July the 4th? Yeah, I think yes. it's <laughs> So um, I'm going to say 
are there still police? I hope not. That's the answer. <laughs> that answer if there are still police in the U.S. Yeah, we do not have our independence. <laughs> Um, but also, hashtag all countries matter. All of them. <laughs> I stole that from the internet, but I'm still using it. Does the Vatican matter? <laughs> That's a but, country. Wait, is that Are a we country? Are we back with the again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Vatican's back in city is a country. <laughs> Pedophiles I, do not matter. And that's the that's the only country I was willing to call on that, by the way. Every other country, sure mm. they matter. Yeah. Um, does Independence Day matter? I mean, as in this movie. As like, as an example of this, like you were saying, Mark, this era of just practical effects, model work, stunts and explosions, it holds up really well in that respect. And I enjoy the weird, dour, and then happy pacing, but it, like you say, it does kind of drag compared to the modern blockbuster. Well, it was something funny that in Matt's notes, he noted that the movie is too long to justify Judd Hirsch and uh, Jeff Goldblum patching things up. And I put in my notes that it was too long to justify Will Smith marrying Vivica Fox. So, uh... See, I I don't mind the wedding because that is like one of the o- the only actual decent character work is Will Smith's character, and how he's like. That's true. He does he want to marry this woman he loves, or does he care about his career? And then he gets to have both. I don't know. I didn't mind that. I get. I guess maybe it was also trying to be like, look, she's not a. Her sex work is legitimized now that she has a a marriage. <laughs> That's kind of, uh, he's uh, a yeah. fresh French dude. Uh. French French. Fresh Prince, dude. Fresh Prince. <laughs> or is it just like, oh, he's married because maybe he's not going to make it out of this one alive. <laughs> but if there's two characters you know are making it out alive, it's Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. He's got the old ball and chain now. <laughs> yeah, I, I may maybe have a little bit of a pet peeve with impossible missions and people coming out alive. Like, uh. Mission Impossible? Uh, I don't I don't want to spoil other movies. <laughs> there are a couple. Oh, um, seven Mission Impossibles. They can't be that impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they're very possible. Mission Improbable. Yeah, maybe they just should have been Mission Improbable. I don't know. It seems impossible that Tom Cruise is still able to continue doing stunts yeah. after that many. Well, yeah, he has to hold on to flying airplanes now to get a movie out to make money. I like did, that. Did either of you see the newest one? I haven't yeah. seen any after three. The, you want to? Oh, okay. The only DVDs, uh, Blu-rays I bought in the past three years were Star Trek Beyond, because it's in 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 the last two Mission Impossible's. <laughs> the the nice. interesting thing to me is that it seems like the only time that you can tell that Tom Cruise is aging is that sometimes he looks confused. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched his uh, Scientology video? No, I can't. I no, you can't. Oh, you absolutely can. Just, and this is for our listeners as well. Do type in, you know, Tom Cruise, talk Scientology, and you will find it's got this like Mission Impossible, like fake Mission Impossible riff. It's like not the real one, and he just keeps mm-hmm. saying things, and like he never completes a thought, and then it just cuts, and he starts a new thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like. You know, like, like, cause I really want to help people, and you know, when, when people need to be helped, you just, 
you just have to, you just have to get out there, man. You just have to get out there and, you know, you have the power. You can, you can bump it, bump it, bump it. just like, I don't need a script. <laughs> he I'm did, an actor. He did not need a script, man. Uh, and, and Mark, you should do this. Luke, have you seen it? Maybe not this one. I've definitely seen a lot of Tom okay. Cruise signs. Okay, for all yeah. of you, man, there's the one with the fake Mission Impossible riff playing for 10 minutes behind him having half thoughts is my favorite YouTube video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Tom Cruise and Scientology, that, that holds up for laughs. Uh, Independence Day, yeah, I guess it's like it was state-of-the-art at the time. The seams are showing it. Maybe it didn't have that, like, extra bit of, like... Not and and Will Smith is exempted from this, and uh, I'm gonna exempt Jeff Goldblum too. But it did not have that little spark of creativity to really make it um, stay as a you know front mover. Yeah, for me, it's just a film which, not no more than this, but once a year I could just watch it and be like, I enjoyed that. See, we were sold this movie like this is the height of. Filmography. This is right. it. And we went to the theater, and uh, Mark got sick, but the restaurant was like, "Yes, this is it." And a few years later, it's like, eh, "I don't know if this is it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because The Rock was it. Well, it's also it's not that long after this we had The Matrix, which you, really was it. You said The Rock a few times. Yeah, you said The Rock a few times now. I think I went with you to see The Rock, but the one that sticks in my mind as being the game changer which I also went to see with you, was um, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Really? Oh, yeah. that's with a Vengeance. That, you could call that like a big sort of fulcrum because Quentin Tarantino did writing, did punch up on the dialogue, and it's also sort of... I feel like that was the first time someone took a big, big sequel and just really kind of twisted the formula. Yeah, because we came out of that one punching the walls. I don't remember if you were driving or not, or I, I guess you were probably driving, just uh, ripping ass on the accelerator after that movie. <laughs> it sounds like was, me was, when I left X-Men 2 and broke my own nose. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was trying to be Wolverine. It's cool. <laughs> I kept trying to, like, uh. jump up things and do parkour like an X-Man, but I couldn't. <laughs> and I ended up headbutting a brick wall. I don't know if it was X-Men 1 or X-Men 2 where I, I made, like, weed butter and I buttered six slices of bread with it, and I was just completely out of my mind watching it. Yeah, I was. I, I think I was in Maine when that happened, unfortunately. <laughs> I, th I think that was the first one because that, like, big machine that Magneto was powering, I was just like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, you'll be back here again, but do you want to get to the Phantom Menace? Seeing the Phantom Menace the first time? <laughs> so that was... So we did see it together because I was, I didn't, yeah, I had um, acid that didn't work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the first disappointment, but I, I, um, I've tried to like kind of parse my memory on this and I don't remember being that disappointed when I first saw it. Like I think. No, that, we tried to convince ourselves it was okay, but it wasn't. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think I ever really was mad about it until after I saw the second one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was young enough that I was the first like, one was just legit good. Ouch! <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like that. That was a good film. Anyway, I, you know, the only time we saw it, we saw it in 1999, was it? And then I watched it. I have it. never seen it. That's my then. point. I watched it again to do the podcast that Luke and I did on it. <laughs> How many times have you seen Fan Menace? Oh, a lot. I... 
I like got the videotape the day it came out and watched it over and over because I was eight years old and it had a, a racing car bit and a sword fight. So. <laughs> uh, the, the end is so cool. But Matt, do you remember when I was in Japan and the uh, 3D version of that was in theaters and I was like sort of like going back and forth on whether it would be a good idea to go watch it? Not quite. I remember, honestly, I remember the honest trailer for it, but yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd watched it just to encourage them to do the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have. I don't know. The second one is. The second one is. I kind of. Everyone hates that one the most because of the uh, crappy romance dialogue. But I think I just sort of ignored it because it's so. Um, it's such pointless thing because I know they're gonna. I know their relationships are doomed, so I just checked out. It's <laughs> just I such do, a boring film. Clearly, it's doomed. They suck. It's boring, but. <laughs> But this is this is my thing. This is why I think it's the best of the prequel trilogy is only because I can't when I watch it, I don't feel like George Lucas frantically trying to uh, the the first movie. It was like he just felt like he had all the time in the world. And the third movie it was like wrap things up real quick. We got a um, uh, Yoda just run away. It was just <laughs> the the pacing issues like at least the second one had sort of took its time and also the Yoda thing was really like just the only surprise in the entire prequel trilogy really the Yoda sword thing yeah it's really stupid <laughs> it was really stupid it's a stupid but surprise it was like, but it was like oh my god he's gonna fight Christopher Lee and he's gonna flip around and stuff like that was honestly I mean that I don't know that might have been a bigger surprise than anything in the Disney trilogy <laughs> it's just Surprises aren't always good, but, you know, mm. it was like, what? It's <laughs> that feeling of, like, what? <laughs> and that wraps us up on the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Did I tell you I discovered a video recently of the cast of Rise of Skywalker being asked about the film and clearly all hating it? <laughs> That's not... Well, John Bodega clearly hates it. No, it's just a collection of clips. They all do. The best one, they go to uh, Kelly Marie Tran, like, oh, what do you think of your character's arc? And she just goes, ha! Because <laughs> John Bodega just went out and said, screw that movie, I'll go do the real Last Jedi follow-up on the streets of uh, Hyde Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, John, John Boyega's real life is better than The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I love the fact that he was like, I don't know if I'll have a job. And then every director that's good tweeted at him that you could, that he could work with them. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Put him in an Edgar Wright movie, please. I mean, that would be better than any star Wars movie that's ever existed. Yeah. No, there's, this is, um, thankfully we're, we're past the point where someone has to have their career end because they speak on behalf of, you know, people not being murdered by police. Never Except for in sports. <laughs> God help you if you have yeah, an opinion maybe. in sports. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see. I don't know. I think uh, I feel a little optimistic. Well, like um, EA put out a statement like, "Oh, we support Black Lives Matter." Da, da, da. All the replies like, "Oh, you remember when you cut Colin Kaepernick from your games because he took a knee in the national anthem?" <laughs> I didn't even know that, but I don't even play EA games except for Titanfall, so I just don't. <laughs> I don't well, know. same. But, well, I, I buy. Yeah. I buy the first FIFA on every new console and just keep that one till the next console. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure there's some fun to be had, but I just, I don't know. I, I have a huge backlog because that's just the world we live in now. No, so we, we, just, we got the folks at work, some, and when they get into the football conversation, like, what's happening? <laughs> you, you don't know what 
what the words mean. I don't know what the words mean. That's right. <laughs> it's like you know, like I understand. I understand more Japanese at that point than <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> I have the. Uh, I just started playing Pokemon Shield two weeks ago, and I have the uh, the soccer rabbit as my starter. That's yeah. like my, that's my football knowledge. There you go. <laughs> I yeah, I, I picked him because he's a soccer rabbit. Yeah, Luke supports that. Yeah, I, I have. I have yeah, the, full, awesome. the full Pokedex in that game now. <laughs> Jeez, well, this is my first. This is my first Pokemon game, because I was like too old when it first came out, and then I played Pokemon Go for like two months and then my phone got bricked so it's just like i'm too far behind everybody well speaking of pokemon if you enjoyed this podcast you can check out my pokemon podcast on twitter at luke loves pkmn <laughs> there's that plug okay cool that's uh, what i was i was feeding i was feeding it to you so bro <laughs> bro we alley-ooped it <laughs> uh mark it's actually like a soccer ball we're gonna leave you we're we're gonna leave you out here first um i i don't have a problem that we started talking about id4 and ended up with Star Wars, that kind of makes sense. Um, so um, I know you have a few a few cookers in your buns. So uh, what, what what are those currently? I wrote and directed and starred and co-starred in a scene in the new uh, Exquisite Corpse film, Quarrenstein, where twenty one filmmakers have each tackled a scene of Frankenstein, but also uh, Dracula's in it and Bride of Frankenstein is in it, and there's there's some liberties because you know because it's fun. Um, that will be online shortly. It's, it's, um, it's going to premiere at a film festival, which I don't think I'm allowed to say yet, but I think it's online um, dude. Cause I watched it. No, not anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it might be online by the time this goes up though. Yeah. It's possible. It'll, it'll be back. Don't worry. If, if you're I'll listening to this in the future, you just find it. It's called Quarrenstein and it's spelled like, like a Quran. With the st- and stuff not Quran, not quite with a Q, dude. Quran <laughs> <laughs> can be spelled with a Q. <laughs> uh, yeah, it can. But um, also, um, I have a Bandcamp for my music, which you've probably heard some of. It's stunrunner.bandcamp.com that um, may have nothing on it, but it will soon. I guess if it's July, then it will. If you send me tunes, that's what you're going to hear in this podcast. So. <laughs> And if Mark didn't send us any tunes, you've just heard Matt's music. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. But I guess I have till July the 4th, so I'll just send you hours of it. Please send it to Matt on July 3rd. So he has to parody it the last minute. <laughs> well, that's how he likes it. He likes to just, you know... No, I like to do it. I like to do it impractically, not last minute. Impractically. <laughs> um... And this podcast in and of itself is MLSFS. Oh, I lost it. You, I had, lost. you heard it. You heard it. MLSFS pod on Twitter. I can't say letters. That's the problem. I can't spell. I can't read. <laughs> I can read. I can't spell. That's where um, we are. <laughs> M-A-T-T-I-S-A-C-U-N-T. I think that spells something different. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Mark, thanks for coming in and chatting about the film you hate. Uh, next time, we'll make sure to make it the <laughs> film you like. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's nice sanctuary. I've had a great time here. All right. Cheers. And uh, listeners at home, please release me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a creepy ending. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
week. Total Recall.